0: praise the lord everybody welcome to the program today it's good to be with you live again uh, as we are ready to uh, start a little bit of a i'd say maybe a mini-series on prayer and i want to look today at what happened when the early church prayed it's a fascinating thing prayer is one of those things that there is tremendous power made available through prayer And so a lot of times I know people have mentioned to me that it seems like their praying isn't doing any good or they're not getting answers or whatever. But I can assure you from the word of God that God hears every prayer you pray and that he answers it in some time frame, in some fashion, according to his perfect will. So prayer absolutely accomplishes great things in the kingdom of God. Amen. But before we go into our subject today, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you so very much, those of you who uh, partner with us to help us to get on new venues. And many of those venues that we have started on, we are airing uh, programming that has actually already aired here on the Old Time Power, but it's brand new to the audience we're airing it to at this time. So that's thrilling to me, some of the powerful messages that God has given me over the years. We are in our 40th year of ministry and just getting ready to do some summer celebrations. And we're only gonna do it in the summer. I debated uh, doing it all year long, but we're only gonna do it this summer. And we're gonna have a great time in the Lord Jesus Christ. So. I just want to say thank you to my partners, and I know my sister, for one, has been with me for many, 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 many years, and uh, I am just so proud of what God has done in my sister's life, and I I am just thrilled that after all these years, we still have about 25 people who are still with us uh, all the way back from a couple from the 80s. And the rest, all the way back to the 90s. And they're still with us today. So we are excited at what God is going to do going forward in a new season of ministry. And I absolutely believe that God's going to do mighty things. Now, in early March, uh, just so you will know, people have asked me, in early March, Angie and I did contract COVID-19, and uh, it was no fun, <laughs> but we're doing well today. Uh, you, of course, we quarantined for 14 days and made sure that we didn't give it to anybody else. And uh, it, was, it was a strange experience to be sick with it, I'll be honest with you. And uh, the only thing that has lingered even to this day, and I'm, I'm doing this program on April the 12th, 2021. The only thing that's really lingered for us is we cannot smell very well. We can't taste very well. That hasn't come back yet. Uh, And also, every so often you'll get a day where you will feel kind of sick because the damage that COVID does inside the body is not always quick to mend and so uh i had one of those days yesterday and uh so but it's it's infrequent and we are fully non-contagious and fully recovered and we have been preaching the gospel of the lord jesus christ which we intend to continue uh, to do so i i did get so many uh, texts and emails and cards and i appreciate the prayers And uh, I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart, uh, once again, uh, that you showed your your care for the ministry. I appreciate it, I really do. Uh, Now, as we go into this program today, we're going to look at what happened when the early church prayed. You know, the Apostle Peter preached a powerful sermon on the day that the church was born. He was referring to the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit And he said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, Acts 2.16. See, the prophecies of Joel have, at the very outset, they have double fulfillments. And many of them haven't happened yet. So it's kind of both as you look at the book of Joel. Um, All of this that we're seeing today, all the salvations, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the divine healing... All that we're seeing has been prophesied and foretold centuries before. And Peter told his audience at at his time. And you got to get the book of Acts, okay? The book of Acts does not have an ending to it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's not through acting yet. I mean, Jesus is still filling people with the Holy Spirit. He's still healing the sick he is still blessing and prospering his people all the way up to today in 2021. Even in the midst of the certain selective judgments that's falling on America right now as I speak, even in the midst of that, God is still taking care of his people. Right? Hallelujah. So just because we've entered into judgment, and I certainly believe we have, um, I don't have time in this program to delineate all the reasons why I believe America is under judgment right now. I think if you know what's happening around the country, you would understand it. Um, But even in the midst of that, there is still glory for God's people. And Peter said the same thing in his day. You see, Israel was about to be judged. But the promises of God to the people of God are always applicable to their lives and to our lives today. So man, serve Jesus, whatever you do. Keep serving the Lord. Keep standing up for truth. Keep speaking the word of God and preaching the gospel because the blessings of God... And the protection of God and the care of God. God is a God of love, and His care and concern and His mercy is still available, even in times of judgment. Praise God. Praise God. Peter said in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 32 and 33, and also we'll read verse 36. God has raised up of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, talking about Jesus here, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you, the Jewish leaders, crucified, both Lord and Christ. How many of you know that when Peter preached this sermon, it was a powerful message. Those words were powerfully anointed by the Lord. And when Peter's audience heard those words, they were cut to the heart, the Scripture says. Let's look at Acts 2, uh, 37-41. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? He had just spoken to them how they had crucified their Messiah, the Lord of glory. What shall we do? And Peter said to them, look at the first thing that Peter says. And oh, how we need this bat in the gospel today that's being preached around America. Peter said, first of all, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And that could actually be translated because of the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Ladies and gentlemen, today, I humbly submit to you that we are going to see people saved, truly born again and truly following Christ, not just following uh, their own will, and calling it Jesus, but they're really going to follow the real Jesus of the Bible. They're going to do what He says for them to do. They're going to become disciples even in the midst of this perverse generation, this perverse time in which we live. America right now is going under because it is perverse. It is wicked and it is abominable. But God is still going to pour out His Spirit on hungry hearts. God is still going to reach out and save those who come to Him. God is still going to exhibit His care, compassion, mercy, and love to all who will call upon His name. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, the Bible says. And so the future is not all black and and dark. The future doesn't only contain evil and wickedness, but it also contains a great move of God. And it says, then those who gladly received His word were baptized. You see, you receive the word gladly. When God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, but go to church... If you're really a believer and you call upon my name, then go to my house and be with my people. They receive the believers, the people, receive the word gladly. Yes, Lord, I wanna do what you want me to do. When God tells you, you know, in your heart, when he gives you the word to put that can of beer down and stop engaging in that which is killing people in this world, you receive the word gladly. Why? Because you've been born again. And your heart is really content on and intent on letting Jesus do the leading and the guiding of your life. And if that's a Christian. Many people in America and around the world, but America is where I live and where I'm preaching about today. Many people think they have come to Jesus but they are still making all the decisions for their own lives, I submit to you that that is not New Testament Christianity. And I'm sorry if that offends you or makes you angry, but it just happens to be the truth. We need to allow Jesus to not only be Savior, but to be Lord as well. Those who gladly received His word were baptized. And that day, wow, about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000. What a tremendous in gathering on that day. But that wasn't all. If you'll read Acts chapter 2 verse 42, it says, "They continued." Oh it's not who looks good at the starting line. It's whether or not you cross that finish line, praise God. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And that's the subject today. What happens? What happened when the early church prayed? And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it will happen when we Pray also. Amen? Remember I told you the book of Acts has never really ended. There's no scripture that you can ever find in the Bible, the Word of God. You cannot find a scripture that says apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers have been done away with. You can't find it because it... They haven't been done away with. There are prophets today. There are apostles today. Certainly there are pastors and evangelists and teachers today. You'll never find one verse in your Bible that says that the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 have been done away with because they're still working in miracles today. There's still... uh, You know, discerning of spirits, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, uh, all of the gifts of the spirit are still active today. Acts chapter uh, two and verse four has not been done away with either as we believe that speaking in tongues is still active the initial evidence that one has been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You see, when you get saved, and people say this all the time, well, when you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit. do well, you do. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit seals you, the Bible says, unto the day of redemption. And the Holy Spirit begins to teach you. He begins to lead and guide you. All of that is correct. But in a second subsequent event called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you remember you got the Holy Spirit when you got born again? The Holy Spirit gets you in that second situation. Now you get the Holy Spirit when you're born again. Holy Spirit gets you when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so Acts 2 and 4 has not been done away with. Praise God. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And what a beautiful thing it is. Prayer, literally, if you look through the book of Acts, prayer was the watchword of the first century church. And in Acts chapter 2, verses 43 through 47, we can see the result of that being the watchword. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. That has not been done away with. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And the the lesson here is not communism. The lesson here is that the church should take care of the poor and the church must take care of each other. Hallelujah. We take care of the household of faith first and we take care of the poor secondly. And so this this whole book of Acts, if you continue reading and don't just stop at something you don't understand, okay? Okay. The template is being set for how we are to do church today, and sadly, precious few churches are doing uh, book of Acts or early church, New Testament Christianity today. But I think the Holy Spirit's going to change that, especially for the hungry hearts and for those who really want to go deep with Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to begin to form new things that really aren't new. It was first century New Testament Christianity and He's going to bring it back to the church of today. Because the church today, in many cases, not all, thank God, but in many cases, the church today is just too full of politics. And I don't mean uh, national politics that we need to be involved in. I'm talking about church boards and church committees and, and you know, the, the deacons get to make all the decisions and they don't want to even hear the voice of the people that are in their congregation. And, and all of these things, and it's actually opposite of what it is, what it was in the first century, New Testament Christianity. And so the Lord is raising some things up. Hallelujah. And then then we'll pick up in reading Acts 2, 43-47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, you should be having fellowship with each other Christian. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. It's, It's not talking about the Roman Empire there. It's not talking about... All the people, the word means that they had favor with people who were hungry in their hearts to learn the truth. They were being received. Souls were being saved and the church was growing and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Jesus taught these disciples well. He'd given them His model prayer in the Bible, and He he trained them to go out and teach and preach and cast out demons. He taught them how to pray, and they remembered. After He had taught them for 40 more days after His resurrection, He told them the Holy Spirit would come upon them in just a few days' time. In Acts 1 and 9, when He had spoken these things, while they watched, He was taken up. And a cloud received Him out of their sight. For the next ten days, the disciples prayed in one accord. And how powerful that is. To pray in one accord. The word disciples is plural. And the word is one accord. That means that all of the plurals began to be one voice. As they prayed. What exactly they prayed, we don't know. But I think they, because Jesus had told them, wait for the promise of the Father, I would have to believe that that was part of that prayer. And also, I would would almost assure you that they prayed, help us to take the message of Jesus, the, the good news of Jesus, to all of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Because we don't know how to do this. We've never done this before. What was their answer? Just go on and, and hit and miss? No. Their answer was, let's pray. Their solution was, let's assemble together. Let's become as one voice. Let's pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've mentioned this before in other messages, but what would happen if every single born-again child of God, even the ones who think they're too busy to pray because they've just got so much work to do, I'm telling you, you're never too busy to pray, and you better make it a priority. But what would happen if every Christian would just begin to pray for the Lord's return? Hallelujah. I can tell you what would happen. He's going to return when His timing is right. But He's going to be doing a whole lot of revealing things to us when we begin to pray for Him to return. He's going to give us insight. He's going to give us discernment. Oh, come on, folks. It's a great thing. You know, sometimes when we feel dry in our faith, a lot of times it's because we haven't given the things of God the proper priority in our lives. Now I tell you, I learned this a long time ago. Even though I am somewhat of a workaholic at times. Because I love what I do. But there's more to life than work. And if that comes in between me and, I, and and my God. You know, I'm not gonna quit my job, but I'm gonna reassign my priorities to where I make time for prayer, make time for Bible study, make time for church, make time for the things of God. Get up off my lazy backside. I like how Harry Stone says it about you know, people not going to church. You don't need to sit in your house in your bathrobe with your slippers on, sipping your coffee and think you're following Jesus. Man, you need to get out there among the happy body of Jesus. Glory be to God in a place where God is moving in a place where I'm not in control of my environment, but I'm just presenting myself in the temple. Hallelujah before the Lord. And I understand that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I understand also, friends, that there's times when we can't go. I mean, Angie and I, when we were in quarantine, we missed two Sundays. Couldn't do anything about it. I understand that. Sometimes, you know, there are people who are elderly that can't get out and go. But if you are physically able, stop thinking that you don't need a pastor. Because you do. Stop thinking you don't need the church. Stop thinking you don't need any friends. Because you do, but you need the right ones. You need the body of Christ. And that's what the early church had that so many don't have today in the modern American church. But I believe, as I said, the Holy Spirit is bringing it back. It's going to be as it was. Right? Things are going to be restored. There's going to be an outpouring. It'll be in the midst of judgments. It'll be in the midst of birth pains before the Lord comes back. So we need to be out there doing what we know is right. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God forever. In Acts 1.14, the Bible says they all continued in prayer. So, I mean, it's no wonder there was a great harvest of souls. The harvest continued. They prayed, God answered. They prayed, men were healed. They prayed, God sent them to the uttermost parts of the earth to tell the good news that Jesus was the resurrected Messiah throughout the book of Acts, which really should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit moved through the lives of those apostles and disciples But God honored His Word and miracles happened. Same thing can happen today. Same thing can happen today. The Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit go on and on and on providing a book that was never finished or closed out. Those heroic men and women made church history and they provided a model for us in the present day church. God did it then, He will do it again when we learn to pray as they did. How many of you ever heard that Brian Free and Assurance song? If we want it like they had it, we got to do it like they did it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God and the Lamb forever. Hallelujah. These early believers, and it's recorded there in your Bible, in the book of Acts, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They enjoyed the company of other believers. We'll say that again. They didn't dread it. They enjoyed the company of other believers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They went to the temple together. They went house to house together, sharing the word and building each other up in the most holy faith. They fellowshiped together. They ate together. They partook of the Lord's supper together. They listened together to the apostles' doctrine together, the teaching and the ministry of the twelve. Today, it's the teaching and the ministry of those pastors and evangelists and teachers and apostles and prophets that are God-called, not self-appointed, but God-called. And our spirit bears witness with the truth and we go together to hear the Word exhorted and taught. We go together to worship God. We go together on street ministry teams and evangelism. We go together to raise money for Bibles to give to people who have none. And I could go on and on and on. Church is not Lone Ranger. Church is togetherness. It is community. Hallelujah. And we pray together. And when we start doing that again, and when we pray the way the apostles prayed, with an understanding of who God is and who Jesus is and who they were, and they're living for the benefit of others and they're living for the benefit of the kingdom of God, We will see mighty things happen in our day as well. Prayer brought in the early church predictable results. Those who gladly received His Word. I mean, they were a joyful bunch of people. We all should be so filled with joy. Not because everything in our life is going the way we would like it. I mean, if you're waiting for that, well, I'm going to tell you, the only time that's ever going to happen is when you're in heaven, okay? We have joy despite our circumstances. You know that Angie and I could laugh together in the Holy Ghost while we had COVID? That's just one example. But there's a joy that comes. There's a joy that comes even in the midst of the death of a loved one. There's a joy that comes even as we see our castles burn down all around us. The the dreams that we've had. The things that we've built. Even as it burns, the joy of the Holy Ghost is still available because life is more than this earthly place. Life is eternal for the child of God. And the kingdom of God is bigger than I am. The kingdom of God is bigger than my dreams. The kingdom of God is bigger than anything I've ever set my hand to, even for the Lord. And it's something that the Holy Ghost imparts to each believer. There have been times in my life when I've been in pain. Emotional, heartbreaking pain. And I didn't know where it came from. But as I got older especially, I began to sense His peace and His presence. Even when my heart was breaking. Even when my mind was weighted down with concern. I began to sense His peace and His presence and His hope and His glory that's available to us just like it was to this early church. Oh, when they prayed. God moved. You know, one of the first things that the Lord ever told the Apostle Paul through the prophet, He told the prophet to tell Paul, I'm going to show him the tremendous things he will suffer for my name's sake. But Paul did not go through his ministry with a morose look on his face and down in the dumps and discouraged. Paul had the joy of the Lord. And it's something that only God can drop into our hearts and our spirits, but we will sense this isn't all it is. We will have a sensing. We will have a knowing that there's more going on than we can see or feel even in our bodies. But that God is at work and God does everything for the good of his people. And it's not something you can just snap your fingers and it ha- I mean it took me years to even begin to get to that place. Hallelujah. But God is there to perform that in us. Not only is there joy in serving the Lord, but there is power in serving the Lord. These people were so joyful and so filled with the power of God And they were so happy in their salvation that thousands were drawn to hear the message. But you know what, church? We've got to be real. We've got to tell the truth from the Bible, from the Word of God to this generation. I mean, if you're going to go out there and you're going to promise them fame and riches, they don't want to hear that anymore because they know that is not truly what God taught It's only misguided Christians that have clung to that message of riches and fame and you'd never have another problem and you'd never be sick and you'd never this and never that. The world knows better and the church is misguided that clings to that. Now, yes, God's a healer. He's a blesser. Yes, yes, yes. But as I just finished saying a moment ago, it takes the Holy Spirit to drop the greater picture, the greater truth into the heart of each child of God. It's there in the Word. But we need the Holy Spirit to apply that Word to our hearts. And that is a process. And so I'm not condemning anybody that isn't there yet. I have not arrived either. But it's something that we strive for. Jesus said, strive to enter in. Enter into what? Enter into the kingdom. And the kingdom is blessing. The kingdom is healing. The kingdom is Holy Spirit power. Absolutely. The kingdom is also death to self. The kingdom is also righteousness first. Kingdom first. The kingdom is also the lordship of Christ over the decisions of my life, etc. and so forth. And it's in those areas that the Holy Spirit wants to work on each of us, bringing us to that place where we are growing in our faith. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. It is so sad that some churches and ministries and theologies and... especially in the western church, base spiritual growth on how much stuff they have. That is terrible! That is not an indicator of growth at all. Growth is found in the laying down of my life in order that I might live for the benefit of others and share the Gospel with them And bring souls into the kingdom and feed the hungry and love those who are unloved. And you do that first and foremost by giving them the gospel. Now you're getting into growth. Now you're getting into that place that when you pray, as the early church prayed, Ha, bahaya." you will see mighty answers to those prayers and you will see miracles. You will see healings and deliverances. You will begin to be used in the casting out of devils and all of these things when you're coming from that kingdom others first perspective. Hallelujah. And that's where I believe myself that the Lord's trying to take us right now. Praise the Lord. You know, the devil often tells people, hey, if you become a Christian, you know, you're know you not going to have any fun at all. You'll have to wear a long face and be sad all the time. And all of that is lies, my dear friend. I'm going to tell you, if you want to really live an exciting and happy and joy-filled life, you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. I've I've discovered in 40 years of being saved and in the ministry that Christians, those who are really following Christ, are the happiest people on earth. And we got problems just like anybody else. Hallelujah. The, The early church was a multitude of joyful people. And the Messiah kept adding to the church daily such as should be saved. Prayer was the top factor in the new believers, the disciples' decision-making process. Today, we've got a lot of Christian books that tell us how to make decisions, but the best decision-making book of all is the Bible, God's Word. And also, God's Holy Spirit is the best active agent for making Christ-like decisions. Which brings me to another point that's off topic here just for a moment. But we need to really learn how to hear God. I can't tell you the number of times I have substituted what I believe to be a teaching from the Scripture that I had misinterpreted for God's voice, but they're not the same. And God's voice will never go against the Bible. Never. But He will also bring clarity to the words of Scripture. And He will apply that to my heart. And it's an exciting thing because then you start making less and less and less mistakes. But hey, as long as you're in the flesh, there are going to be times when mistakes will be made. The believers spent regular times of prayer each day. The men praying at the the temple three times daily. Man, there is no doubt that Peter and John's action in chapter 3 of the book of Acts was dictated by the Holy Spirit. On that particular day, a great miracle of healing took place when the lame man, who was at the gate begging for money. His healing set in motion a chain of events that resulted in beatings and imprisonments for Peter and John. That's the next thing (laughs) that you have to be aware of. The man at the temple gate begging for money Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And instantly the lame man began to walk. They performed a miracle in the name of Jesus. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that did the healing, not Peter and John. It won't be you and I either. It'll be the power of the Holy Ghost. But what happened to Peter and John? They were beaten and thrown into prison. And that didn't just happen to them once, it happened many times. So when you say, I really want God to use my life, and you begin to hear, really hear from God, and you take a stand for the truth, don't be surprised when you are not applauded and accoladed all over town. Don't be surprised when the persecution comes. In fact, persecution is one sign that the church is doing what it ought to be doing. And we're quickly coming to a day in our world where if we stand for the truth, we'd better be in prayer. And then we'd better be obedient to speak the truth that God gives us, but it's going to mean persecution. Now we know you love the kingdom of God. If you go on ahead and obey the Lord and say what He wants you to say and take take the stand for the kingdom that He wants you to take, we know you love Jesus with all of your heart and the persecution will come, but they will never stop the church. The things that I'm reading to you from the Scripture today from the book of Acts took place 2,000 years ago. we still got a remnant of believers in the earth today that are sold out the whole route to Jesus Christ and are obedient to His voice. Hallelujah. They cannot stop the church. The church will not be stopped. The Gospel will not be stopped. The miracles will not be stopped. Souls will continue to get saved. Blinded eyes will continue to be opened. Cancers will continue to be healed. Glory be to God. Believers will continue to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. You can't stop the gospel, my friend. No amount of persecution. If you kill one of us, five more, we'll rise up to take our place. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. And we've got to come to not only realize that, but just come to terms with that. I am ready. I am ready to be spent. The Apostle Paul said, I'm ready to be poured out for the Gospel. For Christ. The answer to everything is Christ. Hallelujah. The Jewish hierarchy, some of them, you know, they were hard to, they were really hard put trying to suppress these new believers. To to suppress the exuberance with which they were proclaiming Christ. Let's read Acts chapter 4, verses 18-21. through And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. It's like our Congress the other day said, the will of God has no bearing on this Congress. Well, you're going to find out one day how much bearing the will of God absolutely does have on Congress and on the presidency and on the so-called Supreme Court and everything else. And thank God, thank God, the Supreme Court has been making some rulings on behalf of Christians' uh, First Amendment rights. Praise God for it. But God, the Almighty God, is above the Supreme Court, above the President, above Congress, Come on, somebody. They called them, commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. (laughs) But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you go ahead and judge. But we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them they let them go. That's Acts 4:18 through 21. They were always trying the religious leaders there's no devil like a religious devil the religious leaders and the political leaders of the Roman Empire and of Israel were always trying to find ways to kill First of all, Christ, and secondly, his followers. It was a never-ending reality in their lives and ministries. I want to tell you, boldness came from heaven. Strength came from heaven. Power came from heaven. Why? As a result of prayer. Glory be to God. Faith and prayer. Prayer and faith. Hallelujah. Peter and John did not huddle in a corner in fear. They did not complain about their hard life. They did not ask God, why are you doing this to us? What happened in Acts 4, 23 and 24? Being let go... They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. Here it is again with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, you are God. The government is not God. The state is not God. The political party is not God. We will open our churches. We will go hear the Word of God. We will worship. We will preach the truth over the airwaves. If the persecution comes, so be it, it comes. But we cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. Hallelujah to God forever. Because I've got news for you. There's only one God. It it ain't you, Mr. President. It ain't you, legislator. There's one God. Jehovah is His mighty name. Jesus Christ is His mighty name. Hallelujah. The Blessed Holy Spirit. The three in one. That's who we serve. That's who we obey. And that's what we're going to do. Can I get a witness from someone out there today? Hallelujah. How did they decide, these apostles, their next move? They prayed, and God directed them to decide to keep right on doing what they were doing. Well, you say, that was in defiance of the law of the land. No, it was in defiance of the decisions of men who themselves are in defiance against God. People have misinterpreted Romans chapter 13. We obey government only so long as they are doing good, according to Romans 13. We obey government only so long as they do not violate our Christian conscience. And in the event that they do, it's better to obey God rather than man. The Bible says. I didn't come up with that. Y'all really shouldn't have no business getting mad at me. I'm just a messenger boy. I did not originate the scripture. But I will obey God. I will obey God before I obey any man. And I'll tell you something else. Elephants will roost in trees before I kiss any man's big toe. I'll tell you that right now. Glory be to God and the Lamb forever. Church, we've got to turn our hearts to prayer. We've got to turn our hearts to faith, to obedience. Turn back to Christ. I cry to a wayward church in 2021, turn back to Christ. If you get angry with me, I'm sorry about it, but it makes absolutely no difference to me whatsoever. I'm going to preach what God gives me to preach. Hallelujah to His name. There is no law higher than God's laws. Hallelujah. Hallelujah the greatest, the fairest, the most comprehensive law book in the world is the Bible. And don't misunderstand me. We live under grace, I get it. But when we're under grace, the Holy Spirit's working in us, right? And He's doing what? He's performing the Word of God in our hearts and out through our lives. And if that ain't happened, Uh, happening for you, then you're not maybe really living for God. Maybe you're really living for you, but you're saying Jesus once in a while. I don't know, but just maybe. The laws of God are right. Let's say it another way. The Word of God is right. The Word of God is faithful. The Word of God is just. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is for the benefit of humans. You wouldn't get some of the diseases that you have if you would have obeyed the word of God. That's just one example. I could could use many. It's better to obey God rather than men. How did these disciples get to that place? They prayed. Also, they prayed in one accord. Also they prayed in faith. Also they prayed for the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. Then all things would become added unto them. Matthew 6:33. Stop trying to live for Jesus for selfish reasons. Live for Jesus you love Him for saving your soul from hell. And you love Him for the price that He paid. And you want to do something in His kingdom because you love Him. Not because you think He might give you a million dollars. Come on somebody. You know this is true. Praise the Lord. Prayer, prayer, prayer makes all the difference in the world. I gotta hurry here. When a guy, when a law, let me read it again, when a law is made that is contrary to God's law, believers are not obligated to obey it. Period. Let me say it again. When a law is made that is contrary to God's law, believers are not obligated to obey it. I'm sick and tired of hearing, well, it's the law of the land. I don't care two bent pins about the law of the land. What I want to know is, is it according to the Word of Almighty God? And God is the only one who has the right to tell us how to live Morally, people. Morally. God's the only one that has... He's the Creator. He's the only one who's got the right to tell us what is morally right. Praise be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. On another occasion, Peter was imprisoned. And what did the people do about it? How, how How did the Christians respond... When the life of one of their leaders was in danger, again, their decision was to pray. And this time, hallelujah, God sent an angel to Peter and delivered him out of the prison from the hands of the guards. What about your own decision making today? Do you always seek the Lord's guidance before you make decisions? Or do you, as many are prone to do, make a decision and then ask the Lord to bless it and cause it to succeed? There's a whole big difference there. You know, hallelujah. God is interested in every decision that I make. Make it a rule of life, brothers and sisters. A rule of life. To seek God's guidance in all of your actions, large or small. Even in the littlest of things or in the biggest of things. Don't let fear, don't let panic, don't let threat determine the decisions that you are going to make in these days that we're living in right now. But ask the Lord what He wants you to do. And how many times should I ask until he answers? Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. And you will find. And it will be opened unto you. And you shall have the wisdom of God. And as we begin to flow in that once again as a church united, a corporate community of believers, We are going to be shocked at what we see God do in our nation. Hallelujah! We're going to be be amazed at the wonderful things the Lord is about to do in our country. Yes! We're going to experience judgment. There is no way right now that America cannot experience judgment. We are going to experience judgment. But in the midst of that, we're also going to gather in a... Great harvest of souls. The Holy Spirit's going to bring them in. If we will just do what we're talking about here today. Pray, pray in faith, pray in love, pray with the determination to live for the benefit of others and to live for the kingdom first. My Lord. The days of miracles have never been over. There really is no such thing as the Day of Miracles. Ever since the beginning, it's all been a Day of Miracles. Let's get back into the flow of that right now. Right now. Right now. How about you? I'm ready for it, man. Praise God. How about you? Prayer, and and you can read that about... Well, let's just read it in Acts chapter 4.31. Acts 4.31 And when they had prayed, listen listen to every word of this verse, because it's all so rich. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness, not with trepidation and fear. Oh, child of God today, my beloved friend, let us get back to church. Let us get back to that. Uh, just, Just make yourself do it. Just go fellowship with other believers and hear the word of God preached. Do you know that the biggest reason that you are commanded to attend the house of God is not for fellowship? What is it for then? Simply because God said, do it. Oh my goodness, can I find some Christians like that today? We're going to do what we do because God simply said do it. We're going to see miracles. Miracles in the midst of judgments. Miracles in the midst of pain. Miracles in the midst of dark days at times. Miracles! Because God loves the human race so much that He sent His only begotten Son. so much and Jesus died that sinners might be saved let that be our priority we see from this message today that prayer led to praise praise led to bold witnessing with great power and this witness led again to praise Those early believers had no corner on praise. The same principles will work today. If you will spend regular time in prayer, you will soon find yourself in praise. It's an automatic chain reaction that always works. If you haven't learned it yet, learn it now. It will work for you as it worked for the early church. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity you've given me to speak to your people today. Lord God, I ask that you would pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us. Lord, perform a cleansing of our hearts and minds and souls today, Lord. Help us, God, to receive this word, to become more obedient to you, to seek you in every aspect of our lives. Heavenly Father, pour out courage upon us and depth And backbone, God, that we might go forward and be used by you, Lord Jesus, as catalysts in a great end time harvest. I don't know, Lord, whether there's going to be a revival in the end times per se. But I do believe your word says there will be a great harvest as we bring in, as you bring in, Lord the last of the number of the fullness of the Gentiles. Strengthen us, Father. Give us a new determination today to obey your word just because you said it. We don't have to understand all things. We don't have to know what's gonna happen tomorrow. We don't have to to do all of these things. We just need to obey your voice in the moment and you will show us what's gonna happen. But that shouldn't be our focus. Lord, help us to once again have Jesus Christ as our focus in the church. And it's in His name we pray. And everybody would say, Amen and Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to the programming today. Please be watching for more programs. Subscribe to this, The Old Time Power, if you haven't already. And you'll be notified every time a new program goes up. This is brother Paxton saying, "Go with God," and he will go with you. Bless you.